Welcome back to Love, Lindsay, a captivating podcast that delves into the realms of our past and embraces the cringy nostalgia that accompanies it. Thank you so much for tuning in again. I got even more amazing feedback for my uh, last episode last week where we discussed how blogs help with mental health. And how writing blogs is a creative outlet to overcome mental illness. And also you guys really liked this era and this time that I was speaking about and writing about. So I'm going to continue the same theme today for our third episode. And we are going to talk about a blog post that I wrote in 2019 about how Eddie and I met. So I wrote this blog blog post, How I Met My Husband, on August 21st, 2019. So I would have been 36 at the time, I believe, or 35. And the happenings of this blog post occurred when I was 23 years old. So let's just get right into it. The year was 2005. Anna Nicole Smith was still alive, and God bless her. May she rest in peace. She's my spirit animal. Anyway, it was 2005, and Playboy was coming into America's living room via the E-Channel's Girls Next Door. This wasn't the year that I met Eddie, but it all starts here. I didn't watch the show at the time, and I remember my roommate watching it while I dashed between work, school, and social engagements. I recall a coworker asking if I've seen the show, and if not, I should totally watch it. Hmm. I thought to myself, sure, why not? But the chance didn't come until 2007. I was living with my ex-boyfriend. Big sigh. Things were not going well for me. I was on academic probation, which I blame on burnout from working too much while school was full-time and getting harder with each semester. I lost my health insurance, which meant that I lost my Prozac and Adderall and therapy that was keeping me going through my life. And my previously mentioned social life? Well, yeah, I was a party girl, so of course I crashed and burned. Like any... Really, honestly, like any 23-year-old girl. Of course, I had a social life to balance on top of working full-time and going to school full-time. So losing my, looking back, like losing my um, health insurance was completely detrimental. I also lost my job and was forced to leave my current living situation with another girl named Lindsay. And she was blonde too. Two blonde Lindsays in one house? Crazy times. Though these things are embarrassing to bring up, we all have hard times in our lives, and I'm not ashamed to share my struggles. Yes, I was young and full of energy, but those summer days and the school semester were over, long and lonely, and I needed a friend, badly. It was summer 2007, and I was on MySpace. LOL, I was on MySpace all the time. So cringy. And what do you know? I watched that Girls Next Door show, finally, and it was fun. I looked up the girls on their personal MySpace pages. The girls from the TV show, that is. While on Bridget's page, I saw a cute guy in an army uniform that was her quote-unquote top friend. 
Oh my God. The MySpace memories are so cringy. His name was Eddie and he had an army uniform on. So I friend requested him. Cut to 4th of July, 2007. And I put a sparkly and blingy happy 4th of July with a pinup girl on his page. By the way, I just looked it up and my MySpace page looks pretty weird now slash non-existent. I thought nothing of it and moved on with my day. So basically I posted a comment or a, you know, happy 4th of July, like patriotic, blah, blah, blah. And that's it. Forgot all about it. Late that night though, from the other side of the world, he wrote me a message and I saw it early the next morning. Hello, stranger. He convinced me to use MySpace Messenger with him, which wasn't hard. And we talked, quote unquote, online for hours. And that kept going on for days. Next, he asked for my phone number. He was going to call me all the way from Iraq. That is so exciting. He called me and talking in person went even better than talking online. But we kept up with each other online via messenger and emails and photos, of course. We were becoming each other's becoming each other's biggest support during his time deployed in Iraq and my time getting in a sticky situation living with my ex. We had a lot in common and also a lot of things about us and our experiences were opposite. We talked about living in North Carolina where he was stationed when he was stateside and that's also where where I was born on a marine base. We talked about psychology, shooting guns, drinking stories, and hopes and dreams for the future. We were already talking about moving in together at some point, but we were being careful so we, you know, like didn't rush things. Only six weeks later, he found out he was getting his two-week mid-tour leave, and that's something that every guy that's on deployment looks forward to. I was ecstatic. He talked about coming to visit me, so he was going to make a special trip just to come to Michigan. He didn't even know where Michigan was until he looked it up on a map, and now he's coming here. I had to get out of my living situation fast, so I packed up my stuff, and my nanny was so kind enough to let me live with her for the time being. And even better, I got to stay in the princess bedroom upstairs. Was and still is my favorite bedroom of all time. My dad arrived to my ex-boyfriend's house where I was living one afternoon to help me load my stuff. After putting Peanut, my cat, in my car, we all drove to Grand Haven, Michigan, where I was going to live in my favorite house and my hometown and far away from my ex and the many quote-unquote friends I had who were actually vultures. Beware of vultures, people. They are everywhere. Choose your friends wisely. Good friends are hard to find. Anyway, my ex came home when we were about to leave and he had no idea I was leaving. And full disclosure, I was not and am not mad at my ex despite fights we had. He did give me a place to live when I was down and jobless and we worked on his house together and I did yard work to pay my way. It wasn't an awful situation, but pretty uncomfortable if you're trying to get with someone new. So now I had a job and another place to live. Anyway, X showed up. I told him finally I was leaving and things were relatively smoothly after that. When Eddie arrived back in the States and turned on his cell phone, he gave me a call 
and I was so glad he was home. Home for him was California, and he went straight there to spend time with his family and, of course, go down to L.A. to see his sisters and stay at the mansion to record an episode of The Girls Next Door. While at the mansion, his sister Bridget helped him book the plane tickets to fly into Grand Rapids to see me. And let me tell you, like, things just got so much more real. Like, okay, I met this guy. Oh, my God. Like, how is he connected to this show? Like, oh, it's, you know the girl's brother. Okay, cool. Anyway, I don't really care about that. I just care about him. We get to know each other. We hit it off. Awesome. And then he comes back home and he still like hits me up. Like I just couldn't believe, like my self-esteem was so low. You guys, it was so low that I felt like I had nothing to offer, which is a fucking shame because even if you're a student, a young woman, an old woman, a mom, whatever, and you're burnt out and you lost your job and you got kicked out of school and you got kicked out of your roommate situation, you should still feel like you're worth something, right? You should still feel like you have something to offer. You're just in a rough patch of your life. And I honestly, I've had a hard time when I'm down on my luck, feeling like I'm still a worthy person. And I want you to know that if you're in a situation like that, it does get better just hang on and like I do and did and will do for the rest of my life, write it out, write it out, whether to yourself or to other people online and then share it with me. Cause you know, I love to write, but your girl also loves to read. So let's get back to the blog post. I remember talking to him in between filming while he was at the mansion and it was so unreal, but I was just imagining him being back in the States and home safe finally. And he couldn't have, and couldn't have been any happier. I didn't care much about the show, but I met a man because of the show. And for that, I was extremely grateful. And I still am though. My friends and family were skeptical. We forged ahead with our plans. Oh my gosh, you guys, the, the things that like my friends were saying, like, what if like he shows up and he's a completely different person or whatever? Like it was just, even though it was 2007, it was still kind of a new thing to completely like meet someone online, especially over MySpace and not like a dating site. Like we didn't vet each other out. I didn't Google him. He didn't Google me. I don't even know. I don't even think anything would have come up at the time. Yeah, because this was this happened before his New York Times op-ed came out, so nothing would have come out when I Googled him. Um, I began preparing for his arrival, though, by getting my hair done, shopping for new clothes, very important, and getting my first pedicure and manicure. Yes, I was 23 when I got my first petty and mani. And everything was going right in my world for the first time in a long time. I just felt like... Everything was riding on this going well, because at the end of the day, if it didn't go well, I was still at square one. At least I had a job. Um, I had gotten another job waitressing um, downtown Grand Rapids. So I was commuting from Grand Haven to Grand Rapids to work another. Can you guys believe it? Another effing morning shift at a restaurant, at a hotel. Like I just... Like, I don't know why I had two of those jobs in a row. I'm not a morning person. Anyway, 
I say to be continued at the end of this vlog because we're about to get to something that is so crazy, so weird, and so unbelievable that you guys are going to just like have a hard time even like understanding how the fuck this happened. So I'll give you guys a little hint about the next story time. Somebody gets arrested and I just feel like this is just a special blog in three parts and I might as well do three right in a row. So we'll get to that next time. But right now I want to talk about how writing can help your mental health. We all know that expressive writing can result in a reduction of stress and anxiety and depression. And if you didn't know that, now you know. And also, according to Harvard, improving our sleep and performance is another thing that writing can do. And it brings us a greater focus and clarity. And these effects of writing as a tool for healing are definitely well documented. Also, did you know that researchers suggest that writing may help improve mental clarity by allowing people to better process information and organize their thoughts? Think about it. You know how we go to therapy and we talk it out and, or have you ever just even talked to a friend, not even a therapist, but like a friend or a family member. And as you were saying something that you were trying to like seek out for advice, all of a sudden the advice was coming to you. Like you were figuring it out yourself and kind of like, you almost just knew what the other person was going to say because you were figuring it out just by putting the idea out there. I also really, truly believe in writing to manifest things. I have a gratitude journal that I use every single day. It's a, called a five-minute journal, and it starts out by saying, asking you things that you're grateful for, which is kind of cool because it asks you to do that first thing in the morning, and I would find myself being like, okay, I just woke up. woke up. Like, what am I grateful for? a comfy bed, um, breakfast that I'm looking forward to. But then I realized really quickly that I was also thinking of things that happened the day before, things that I'm looking forward to. Um, and then it also prompts you to think about things that you want to improve on or what would help your day, uh, what you want to happen that day. And that automatically lays out my goals for the day. So I wake up being grateful for what I'm grateful for and counting my blessings and thanking God that I have what I have, that I have legs that work, that I can swing off my bed and I can stand up without pain, without dizziness, you know, um, that I have a roof over my head. And then I think about what do I want to accomplish that day? And I'm writing it down. And I cannot tell you guys how much more I've been writing in my life intuitively and specifically for manifesting since we moved back to Michigan in 2019 from San Francisco and how that which with just like the magic of the land up here and how beautiful it is has really all of our dreams are coming true. Our business is on fire. Our house is chill. It's beautiful. I've got amazing friends. We're both healthy. Like we're just really vibing and we're living. 
And I just want you to think about what writing does for your brain. And I want you to think about things that you've written in the past and how it kind of like reflected what you were going through at the time and how writing things out can lead to, you know, your increased self-awareness. We all want to be aware. We don't want to be that friend that's dumping on people. We don't want to be that person that every time you see them, they just have like so many things to tell you. Like, do you not have a therapist to talk? Do you not have a friend? Do you not have a diary? Like, you know, when I come to someone, I want to have clear and concise things to say that I'm offering because when I'm talking to someone, I'm taking up time in their day. So that's just really important. If you have some ideas that you're trying to work out, or if you're wanting just things to come to you in a more clear and concise way, write it down. It's so important. Today's going to be a short episode, you guys, and I hope you enjoyed. Thank you so much for coming back to sit with me. Anybody that tunes in to read my blogs or listen to my podcast, I call you guys my mental health warriors because that's exactly what we are because I was talking to my friend the other day and just the way our society and world is built anymore is just the very act of living is a challenge on our mental health. So we are all mental health warriors. I am starting um, this week. I'll be recording with my first guests and I'm like so excited to uh, bring to you guys. It's going to be amazing. And I will see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Love, Lindsay.